Anyone's Game podcast. Following women's football. Hello and welcome to the Anyone's Game podcast. My name is Robbie Hunrathy and today I'm delighted to be joined by special guests of the show. It's a welcome back to Georgia Carter from Montrose and Rachel Howie from Gart Cairn. How are you doing? Hello. Yeah, doing good. <laughs> doing good. good. Good to have you on the show. So today on this Anyone's Game show, we're going to be shedding the light on Esther PL2's newly promoted sides and just talk all things women's football, really, from Rangers Champions League heroics to what next for Glasgow City and then talk a wee bit about the Scotland team. So, first of all, I'll start with you, Georgia. It's been an emphatic start to the season for Montrose women. Two wins and a draw. Is that how you envisioned it going so far? Um, yeah, no, it's been a good start to the season. Um, pre-season's been really good with the team and I think we recruited really well in the off-season and you can see that the standard in training's gone up a lot higher. Like, usually I'm absolutely, like, dying at the end of my sessions. My coach is always like, how are you, Georgia? And I can't speak because I'm too, like, busy getting my breath back. Um, but yeah, no, it's been a good start. We're all working hard, so um, we just got to try and keep the momentum up. Could you see that you've also been at the club for a couple of years now, and through the last promotion, you're saying that you're sweating, work training, or is everything just went up that notch? And do you notice the the standard being a lot higher, even though you have been undefeated so far this season? Do you notice teams you're playing against the standard is higher? Yeah, definitely. I think, um, especially as I said, the standard at training's hard, uh, higher. We're training for longer, um, doing more sessions, and we're getting looked after even more. I thought they were excellent last season, looking after us, but um, like they stepped up again. To the, so, like kudos to the club for that um, and the background staff. Um, we get kind of everything we need. I'd say at, we want um, at Montrose, and yeah, everything stepped up, and I think they've they've done it in a way that. It's not been such a shock coming into the league. Um, it's not been like one of those one where you're coming to the first game and you think, Jesus, like this is a step up. I think we've kind of stepped up with everyone else. So we've kind of been eased in well um, and just, I guess, rearing to keep going. Yeah, and you look at, you talk about recruitment for Montrose. You signed Stacey McFadden, is that how you pronounce her name? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you signed her and she's hit the ground running already with, goals in SWPL too so it's always good when you can get that bit of recruitment right and you've seen it pay off so early on. Yeah she was excellent and um, last season for Drybra when we came up against them um, she was always one that I would dread coming up against. Um, she's just a really good player and I think she's, she's definitely improved since coming into the team um, and she's just like so fast and quick with her feet and her brain must think at like a million miles an hour Um and I've just took my step to the left and she's got the ball in the back of the net most of the time. So um, she's doing really well. So, um, yeah, no, she was a great addition to the squad. Is all the new girls integrated very well to the squad? Yeah, a lot of the people we've come in um, are kind of young players. Uh, Craig's done really well at kind of finding people who I guess you wouldn't really know the name of. Um, we've got a lot of young ones who came from the Aberdeen area. Um, I'm not entirely sure all the teams, but... They've come in and fit in really well. Um, there's a girl called Tally in the set in the midfield. She made her start and debut last weekend um, when we played against East Fife, and I thought she was brilliant for such like a young player. And everyone just adding their own little like 
kind of individual spark, but it all seems to be coming together well. That's great to hear. And then what about you, Rachel, at God Caring? I was a big scalp. Although the guy we was on a podcast with on Monday seemed to think that he wasn't too surprised about you being Kilmarnock. But for me, that shocked me at the weekend. So one, I'll congratulate you on that. And two, just how has been life in SDOTLT so far? No, I don't think you should be surprised, to be fair. The way we played last season, the winning mentality we had as a team, that carried straight on until this season. You know, I think the league as a whole, I think, you know, it's, I would say personally, it's pretty open, as you can see for the results so far. Um, so it's, it's anyone's game, literally, it's anyone's game. So <laughs> I don't mean that. But um, no, I wasn't too surprised. You know, the work that we had in training, the signings we've brought in, you know, the way we started the game um, and the way that the team managed it and whatever, um, I wasn't surprised at all to be fair so credit to the girls that started the game I was obviously out I'd been suffering with a wee injury so didn't manage to start but I got on um, but yeah great result for us if you asked us that like a year ago like maybe two years ago when we were struggling to beat like Edinburgh Alley um, you know that long ago to come in now and you know beating probably the league favourites is um, just shows you how much we're growing I think as well and how far we've came but yeah so Is, is your manager good at like that result as I said tipped Obviously, tipped come out to win the league, and I've I think both, both, of you, both of your sides will do well this season as well. You know, Georgia use as the dark horse this season. But does your manager Rachel? Does he? Do they keep the management team and coaches? They keep you level-headed. The fact that yeah, you've had a good start, two wins out of three in the top flight. You've beaten arguably the favourites, but I'm assuming they don't want you getting too carried away with yourselves. No, I mean, you look at last season, you know, we kind of, again, flew under the radar for the first part and it was always, the message is always focus on us, nobody else, you know, we don't kind of rise to the online stuff or, you know, people retweeting all top of the league after about two days, like, you know, the person who's top of the league at the end of the season is what's matter most, doesn't matter if you're top of the league now, all that matters is later and they've always been, they've always been really good with us and, you know, make sure we don't get carried away and even as a team, without the management, you know, we always know to stay kind of humble, stay settled and, that results to the talking and we did that last year and we plan on doing the same um, obviously coming into this season. Yeah, I remember when you spoke to us at anyone's game well, we last year, Georgia spoke about the intensity and everything at Montreal's changing and I remember you were saying that God came was very ambitious. Is that been the same, that transition, you see everything just up that wee bit more as well? Yeah, well, I think if you notice some results as well, obviously it's not been as good as um, Montreal's but, um, you know, I think we've ease in the league well. I think it's not taking us by surprise. You know, our pre-season's been excellent. The additions we've brought in and like Dion, Brown and um, Gio, both from SWPL one clubs, you know, they've played in SWPL to the experienced um Dion could score you about thirty goals a season. Um Gio could keep thirty goals a season's out. Do you know what I mean? Like the two signs that we made in there two have great as well. And bringing in younger players like Caitlin Moran and stuff like that, you know, people for City that maybe you know might not know about. She came for the nineteens excellent player for our age. I think we've got a really good mix of girls in, you know, kind of older experience and younger girls in and we're all kind of gelling just perfectly in time um, for the league starting. So, no, definitely the intensity's went up. Um, you know, we've up nights at training, we've got analysis in now. All these kind of things are playing a part and it's, it's working the mind as well as the body, I would say. So, yeah. yeah, definitely. And even looking at, it's only three games in, so I, I love what you say about retweeting Toffee League things and everything too early on, but, Looking at the league table even now, anything from St Johnson top to Kilmarnock in fifth, or even Queen's Park, we've got points on the board, it's so unpredictable. And I think that's why 
I obviously Lisa Swanson have come out and tweet saying there needs to be an SWPL2 highlight show. And I feel if you're going to showcase the women's game, SWPL2 is the best place for that because it's so anyone on any given day can be anyone. And I think that must be enjoyable to be part of as well as players. I think it is, because if I think back to last season, you know, maybe the teams in like the kind of bottom half of the championship, it wasn't very enjoyable for them, you know, kind of getting beat. I, although there were surprises, I think, you know, for us, it was easy to a point. You know, I think this season we're really looking forward to, you know, getting challenged every single week. And we know it's not going to be easy, you know, we play these teams, what is it, two, three times, I think, in the league. So, you know, this one, Kilmarnock, they could maybe win next time, hopefully not. But, you know what I mean? It's, it's not the be all and end all, especially within this first round of fixture. It's all about gathering points, gaining momentum. And, you know, see what that leads you come the kind of last round of fixtures. But what you're saying with the highlights show, I think if you look back again, I'm really at the championship last season, was probably one of the best leagues in Scotland, both north and south. Got no coverage. You look this year, it's got all the coverage. Fair play, they've realised that. But if you're doing a highlight show, it should be every single league I say. But if it's not a 15 minute, it should be five minutes on each at least. Um, I think there should be something for all, especially with how good the teams are, all the way down to kind of the bottom to the top. I think the standards there, the, the women's game is improving. So highlight it, show people that. In one, in one thing, which I will credit the SWPL, I think I just seen yesterday, I think it was today, they've created a YouTube channel and there's actually, the games are actually seem to be packaged a lot better and yeah. even as players, I'm not trying to be an agent for you and get different moves or anything, but even to showcase yourselves to other people, having that footage widely available can only be a good thing and to get fans along as well. Are you playing at Lynx Park for the women's side, Georgia? Yeah, we're based at Lynx Park um, and they do everything the same as they would on like a men's fixture. So it's a good kind of experience for all the fans coming in. Like my mum loves it. She comes in and gets her little like program and then she walks over and gets her seat and her pie <laughs> and everything. Um, I ask her about the game and she's like, oh, the pies were great this week. Great. <laughs> but no, it's a good fan experience if you come to Lynx Park. So I would, anyone in the area, it would be great to get people along. Yeah, that, and that's what I think... What I've seen since I know, Georgia, you've had a few of the Euros games this summer and just that whole buzz around women's football in, well, maybe even more gutted Scotland wasn't there, but I think you can see that. I think Livingston women tweeted on Sunday that they had a crowd of like 300 or something and that's in the championship. So it shows that there is that market that people will, after, especially after seeing stuff over the summer, they will get along. And if there's games at Lynx Park, the whole community around Montreal's they know about it and as a winning team they want to go watch it yeah I think us as players like I'm sure Rachel will agree that we, we want people to come and watch us because like we work so hard through the week and um it's nice to get people coming along it's nice to hear people cheer or boo or whatever they say <laughs> it's, like, it's just it makes it a bit like more exciting and um like just as it would be as I said on the comments game it's nice to get more people in the door but still I think there could be a lot more um it's still relatively empty, so it's, it would be great to get more people in. Yeah, I agree. I think last season we played Airdrie. That was kind of our local rival, Gatkin Airdrie. And, you know, we had like, the Full Academy down and we're shouting, let's go, Gatkin, let's go. So that was a good boost. I never had that before. It was it was full. Like, we'd get two stands and they were packed. Same the last game of the season uh, to win the league at home against Hutchie. Like, that was something you dream of when you're a little girl. The people have actually paid in to see you. Like, all your friends or family are there. Even just people that know Gatkin were there. And... To win a league in front of a crowd that I would say was probably near enough through um, was um, an unbelievable feeling. Yeah, and you can imagine, because the women's game can get that stigma of this and that, and even it's a way a highlight show can be framed. Like, I'm surprised Celtic playing out an energy don't attract the crowds you'd expect for 
the size of a club that Celtic is. So I think, I don't know what you girls think, but like, Georgia Montreux playing at Lynx Park, doing the same thing as the men's, is, is going to have that continuity that folk, of, even, I don't know if this is something that could happen, but having games back-to-back or like, on the same day, ones play at lunchtime, men's play afterwards, because then it might just get that new people involved in coming along in, as you say, or look at, you, you both are going to be up against each other on Sunday. You want people listening to this to be like, yeah, I'm going to make a trip along to the game. Yeah, definitely. Um, and as you said, at Lynx Park, um, we get kind of like the young, the younger girls always come on as mascots and like we'll stand as ball girls and stuff. And I think it was last Sunday, I think there was an 18s Montrose match coming on after us. So you've seen the teams kind of coming in and they stayed and watched the game at the start and it just made it a bit more packed and a bit more busy. And um, I just think that there there can be an appetite for the women's game and just needs that bit more kind of pushed in that advertising. But it's definitely improving. It's way better than it was in recent years. And like at the Euros, it was full stadiums for women's games and fan zones and I found myself in uh, the Netherlands March, the Orange March, and it was the most crazy experience. It was, it was mental. Um, and that was great fun. And I was thinking like, wow, this is like for a women's game. So like, it's definitely getting better. Yeah, I did actually want to ask you that, Georgia, as a player and a young girl grows up wanting to be a footballer and then ended up being a footballer to go to these games at the Euros and even see so many high-profile men on social media tweeting about women's football. It was like, it seemed like a pivotal moment, even though it wasn't Scotland, Scotland involved, just for the whole, like, even people like myself involved in the women's game, sometimes it doesn't feel like it gets audience it deserved. It suddenly seemed like a victory moment in a sense. Yeah, like, I think as soon as you cross the border, because it was um, kind of, you're in England and England were doing so well at the time, like everyone just knew about the Euros and everywhere you looked, like there was stuff about the Euros and um, no matter what area of like England you were in at the time, um, it was just like a big good football buzz and it was, they did it so, so well. So like really well done to UEFA for that. Um, and I think it was like, there were so many young girls at the game and just thinking like the opportunities they have and they can look at those players and say that their favourite player is like a women's player and not like Ronaldo Messi, which is the most like boring answer. Um, so it's nice to see that there's people are getting it and maybe you ask some of the, like, for example, the Montrose young girls, like who's your favourite player? And some might be like, oh, like Amy Ridgway or Ailey Reid and players like that. And same with the Gart Cairn young ones, like they might want to aspire to be like your Rachel Howies or your <laughs> Browns. So um Hopefully it's just kind of going through the young ones and um, getting to that point where there's just a bit more um, knowledge about the women's game. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. We'd echo that and hopefully we can see that pay off even more in future. But something that's another positive for Scotland in the women's game is, I've got to touch on it, Rangers getting through to the second round of the Champions League. They progressed past Fennig Suarez and then the BPAOK at weekend. J- just how good is that? I'll start with you, Rachel. That Rangers in their debut season in the Champions League, that they're progressing and find the flag for Scotland. I think it just highlights, you know, um, what it can do for you when you've got a backing. You know, Rangers get backed and look what they've done. They won a league, they've, they get through. Obviously, money's not everything, but a wee bit of backing can go a long way. You know, it's the same with us, though. You look at us. We weren't a team three years ago and we got a good backing and we won the league and 
you know, this kind of thing. So I, I think it does show and it highlights that what you can do when you've got somebody behind you, behind the scenes really pushing you to do well. You know, things don't happen on their own. You need people in place. You do need a bit of money to get there. But that all comes, you know, you know, in time. Rangers have probably made a lot of money through their winning the league and the transfer of players and stuff. But I think it's excellent as well. And it was the fact it was on YouTube. Um, I wish it had maybe been on Rangers TV. I don't think it was. Like that would have been good for a lot of the men's kind of supporters to, to view on that platform. But I certainly managed to watch a bit of the game and what was interesting was the way they played and you could hear the shouts for the sideline as well and the, and the highlights, which was interesting, how much they spoke, what they spoke about, you know, you have a headache by the end of the game, but it'd be a good one, it'd be worth it. Um, but no, it was excellent to see them on that stage and, you know, flying the torch uh, high for, you know, Scottish, Scottish football in general. Did you see any of it, Georgia? Or have you got any thoughts on Rangers flying the flag for Scotland after Glasgow City obviously crashed out against Roma at the same stage? Yeah, no, it's great to see like a Scottish club finally like competing in the Champions League and doing so well. I know like Glasgow City and um that have made it in, in the past, but it's nice to see them like properly competing and doing so well. Um and I think it's so impressive to see like your young players like um Kirsty McLean starting in the Champions League at I think she must be 17 or around that, um, and just taking it in her stride. And it must it shows you that Rangers are doing like something special in they're kind of used set up as well to get players like that coming through and just playing in the Champions League like it's any other game. Um, so, yeah, no, they're doing really well. Yeah, absolutely. And it's something that, uh, obviously, anyone's getting put in view of Kenny Bogue. Um, he's obviously a Rangers fan. And he said that they should have the game, if they do progress to the group stages, but they could play against PSG, etc. at Ibox, because if the men's team's getting these European nights at Ibox, there's no reason why people wouldn't. And it comes back to what we were saying about your own sides. Rangers are a massive club. It just takes a bit of success and a few wins in the continent. And then people will back that and it could be enough even more fans to the women's game. So it's all this benefit, not just for coefficient and not just for Scottish women's football, but just the knock-on effect, really. Yeah, I think in general, if, if they did play at Ibrox, it would be good for them to play there. Just, you know, as you said, the atmosphere... It's a place where people know. I feel like as well with the women's teams, if you don't have a home, people maybe don't know what it is. If they've not got maybe younger kids that play football, they don't know where K Park is. They maybe don't know where, you know, even, I don't know, any other pitch like that. Whereas if you see Ibrox, you know where Ibrox is, you can get there straight away, that kind of thing. I think you've got a home, even at Lynx Park, when Trones fans will know exactly what that is. So I'm just going to nip down. Whereas, you know, all these other kind of pitches, you know, oh, I don't know what that is, I'm not going to go. Whereas if it's a big landmark like that, you're going to make the effort to go and be there in a stadium. You know, it's, it's marketable as well. People are going to take pictures and stuff. It's going to go out to social media that way. So, no, I think it would be good. I think that's a fair point that that should happen and hopefully they just take that in consideration, obviously, when they play these games. And it's something, not to kind of go off topic, but it's something I've thought quite strongly about with Rangers and Celtic having such big fan bases, but yet, for example, you're saying K-Pop where Celtic used to play and now they're playing Excelsior and then yeah. as I said earlier not getting crowds that they probably could do because say they played at Parkhead they've, it's marketable in terms of kids I'm assuming Celtic tickets are hard to come by for the men's team so people might have never been before but it's a chance for them to also see a game of football and go along to the stadium so it's little things like that I know Scottish women's football's trying they've been taken over by SPFL so all these things surely over the next couple of years could be a permanent thing, and I really hope it does. I think you see that a lot more, although, like, how many teams have played at Airdrie Stadium? Like, <laughs> Rangers, Celtic, well, City, well. everybody. 
Motherwell, do you know what I mean? Probably Hibs at a time. I don't know. They played at Livy. I think they still do. I think that's an issue. Whereas, like, find somewhere to make it at home. Like, we play at Airdrie Leisure Centre. It is branded everywhere we got here and you couldn't miss it that we play there. It's not a stadium, but you would know we play there with our stands, with the pitch, with the signage. Like, you need to find somewhere and make it at home. Like, playing, Celtic playing at Airdrie Stadium, nowhere near kind of where they should be situated. You look at Rangers, they play at the training ground. Fair enough, it's a bit further out, but it's still somewhere that fans know where to go. It's appealing to kind of go and watch. Whereas if you're saying, oh, come down to like K Park, not like K Park's not a good kind of place to play as we played there against Motherwell. But you thought, oh, I thought Motherwell played there. I didn't even know Motherwell played there. I thought Celtic still played there. Like when I played Motherwell in pre season, <laughs> um, I thought Motherwell played at that Caledonian Park Bottle Hall. I don't know what it's called. So it just shows. Yeah, like, I don't even know. Where that, yeah. Like they don't play at K Park now. I don't even know where these teams play. So I can imagine that for a, for a supporter. I think people need to find a base and just own it. Like we've done. We've done that with Jalej. It's still owned by I think North Lanarkshire. Men's team plays there, women's team plays there. Every single age group, boys and girls, played there. We've made it our home. So I don't understand why a team like Celtic could maybe take on K Park, you know, brand it their own way um, and just own it. Because I seriously, if somebody said, oh, do you want to go to the City or Rangers game, whatever, I couldn't tell you where the home game would be. Do you know what I mean? Because they've moved about so much. But I think it's something that you look at in the future. Um, so I think it would benefit fans uh, going along and, you know, it would be appealing to them seeing all the signage and then knew, they know their team they plays, plays there. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. But I'll I'll move on. I think that was a very good topic, and I'm sure people listening will probably have a strong view on that as well. So anyone listening, get in the comments and let us know. But another key talking point this week in Scottish women's football was the Scotland squad announcement. Pedro Martinez Loza announced his squad for the upcoming friendly against the Netherlands. Then got a World Cup qualifier against the Faroe Islands. What? Georgia, what's your initial thoughts seeing that squad that announced as the obviously new familiar faces in the squad? Yeah, no, um, I liked having Emma Mitchell back in. I think she's one I really liked from her days at Arsenal. And I think she might be at Reading now, but I might be wrong there. Um, but she's just back after her pregnancy. And she was one that I felt really sore for a few years ago when she was played a big part in the qualifying of the World Cup and then just got left out of the World Cup squad. Um, so it's really nice to see her back in. I'm always like back in her, so... Um, yeah, good to see her back. What about you, Rachel? Yeah, it's good to see. I think it's quite a strong team. I think it's a good mix of kind of young and old. As well. You've got your Jenna Clark, your Abby Harrison's, along with like your Rachel Corsi's and Jen Beatties and stuff like that. Uh, excited to see Caroline Weir in action, I think, after I've moved to the Madrid, I think it was that day. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that'll be good to see. The other day. No, I know, I've seen that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that'll be good to see, see her. She's kind of shining light for Scotland just now. Um, hopefully we get a few more talents like that. It'd be good to see some more younger ones for Scotland um, come in. You've seen like Sam Kerr kind of break through recently. It'd be good to see maybe a few other ones playing for like City or like, um, Rangers coming through. But it was a good overall squad. I think it's a good mix and you couldn't really complain much about it. Was there any, there was a couple of people I've got in mind that I thought might have been in the squad that wasn't. Was there anyone that stuck out to you, Georgia, that you thought might have been in? Um... Not really. Um, I'll let you guys take the thing while I think about that. <laughs> well, the, the, the one that I thought it glared to me was the top scorer in the SM PL1 and probably my favourite player, Lizzie Arner. It just seems that since, I know it can be a big step up to international football, but she's done the Champions League now, probably one of the top players, let's say, in the SM PL1 and seems to be constantly overlooked under Martinez Loza, which is a bit baffling as is Hayley Lauder. I know she has had a great career for Scotland in the past, but I still think she's City's best player, driving force. So them are two players 
because I like a contingent from the SOPL. I think of seven in this squad, but there were two players that I thought were maybe unlucky not to be in the squad, as per Kirsty Hansen, but I don't know if she's been playing mm. as much at United as she'd like. Yeah, yeah Lizzie, no, that was unlucky. She, that goal against uh, Aberdeen that Lizzie Arnott scored was just like incredible. She made it so easy. So, um, yeah, we need we need someone scoring the goals for Scotland, and she's obviously like on a high right now. So we need like someone like that to come in and just start like putting them in the back of the net. There's there's too many like one nils, nil nils. Like we need someone to come and like just make it a bit more exciting. What What do you think, Rachel? Was there anyone that other than people well, I've mentioned that you would like to see in the squad or you thought might be involved? I think obviously they're the kind of surprising ones, but I'd like to see the kind of again, you know, I think you had Leah Eddie in it before. I don't know if she's in it again. I think maybe she was injured, I don't know. Same with Muir, I think she's coming back from injury. You know, your Brogan Hayes, your Lon Davidson's people like that. Even like Jamie Napier, she's down in England just now, maybe because not, I've not been able to see her in action, but you would think, you know, playing at that level, you'd maybe deserve a shot uh, in the team. But um, I'm, I'm sure it will be coming soon for those four, and hopefully we'll see them in Scotland squad soon enough. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll just end the Scotland chat. Kind of what you just touched on there, Georgia, with too much nil-nils, one-nils, but how would you assess, obviously they've got a playoff, I think, coming up ahead of the uh, World Cup next year, but how would you assess Pedro Martinez loses ten years so far as Scotland manager? Um, I went to all the the games like last season when they are playing at Hamden. Um, I think it was good, um, but as I said, I just think sometimes it's just that it just needs to be that wee bit faster and that wee bit more exciting. Like we need someone to just do something like your Caroline Weirs to just come up and like add that little bit of a spark to, to it um, because it can get a little bit like boring, which sounds bad, but you, like, you want it, you want people to look at Scotland and be like, I want to be exactly like that. So you want to take these players and take the girls to the games and make it like a good performance. There's nothing worse than going all the way through at Hamden to, and the girls are watching asking when the full time is and it's 10 minutes into the game. So <laughs> um, yes, we, we need people like Lizzie Arnott um, to just come in, start banging them in the net really. I need to get a petition going, Lizzie, get Lizzie Arnott in the Scotland squad. <laughs> yeah, start signing it. <laughs> what, what about um, just Dennis, yeah, um, you Rachel, how have you assessed Scotland under Pedro Martinez loses so far ahead of these fixtures. I think the same as kind of Georgia said. I think it's the same with both Scotland teams. You know, it's always a bit lacklustre. I feel like we miss like for the men's side, like a Phil Foden that kind of player. Somebody with kind of both feet, skills fast. You look at England women's team. You've got Ellerton. You've got Georgia Stanway. All these players are electric. Nikita Paris as well. All these kind of players who do light up the stage when they get the chance. Um, you know, you saw Chloe Kelly come off the bench. That kind of player. Um. Who really like up? And I feel for Scotland, you don't really have that. Like I don't know what it is. I think it's for both the men's and women's teams. You don't have that player. Like wow, like I want your name in the back of my top. You obviously want them all, but you know what I mean. Like you don't have a Foden, a Harry Kane, a somebody that's going to lay up the pitch. So I feel like, we like that. Um, I don't know if it's maybe just skill or technique in general, but if we added a person like that, I feel like you know we could win games comfortably and be more creative than they are just now. Absolutely, I think we need a Georgia Carter and a Rachel Howie in the Scotland team. That would spice <laughs> things up a wee bit more. But, but, but before we move on, I just want to touch a wee bit on about another head-to-head that's happening, obviously, this Sunday. Got Cairn versus Montrose. I couldn't help but talk about that game. Just, Georgia, what are you expecting from playing against Rachel's side on Sunday? Oh, God, now I feel under pressure. <laughs> um, 
it'll be a tough game. All the games in this league are tough. Um, and we've never played Gartcam. I don't think Montrose and Gartcam ever like played against each other in history. So there's nothing like you can go off of in the past or anything. So it'll just have to be like focus on ourselves and work hard and uh, just do what we can. Um, that's pretty much it. There's nothing really to go off of, and it's just got to believe in yourself, really. No easy games in the league. <laughs> no. Who are you backing, Robbie? Who am I backing? I don't be this. I play. So I might have to take an easy option and go for a draw here. A <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I draw where I put an accumulator on a two all draw with Bobby's on the score sheet. If you back to full fitness, Rachel. Okay. I'm playing. It's not ending a draw. You've never played each other before. What What are your impressions, or what do you think? Like, what are you expecting from Montreal's Rachel? Um, similar to ourselves, so I think we're both kind of even. You know, the way we've started the league, very similar. Um, you know, the way we came up again, very similar. Recruited well. It's kind of a mirror image each other, but. You know, we're definitely going out looking to get three points. We're disappointed at the loss against Queen's Park, you know, the way we gave them the goal and that kind of thing. So we're looking to obviously we bounce back against Kilmarnock and we want to kind of use that energy that we got for that game and the Montrose game. Um, obviously, no doubt we're, we're looking to win as, as is Georgia, but you know, we'll see how it goes in the day. But we are confident as, as our Montrose will be, and I think it'll be an excellent game. So I think people should definitely come and watch it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Anyone listening, come and watch it. I'm sure you'll see a few. Me challenges and great football and show as well. <laughs> but, but for this segment, thank you very much for joining me. And we will move on to the next one. <laughs>